most. And this is uncomfortable. their table for the entire length of their dinner. 
said the parents were reportedly annoyed that the restaurant would not openly warn customers of the odd experiences being had there. Beyond that, he would tell me nothing else. Additional inquiries were, as you guessed it, met with the same answer. Moving on, if you're familiar with episode 6, entitled Graveyard, you'll remember a conversation with Abby about Primrose Road. An unremarkable road, really, but notoriously marked by a very large boulder covered in splotches of red paint. The legend goes that a farmer in that area had killed two children, buried them on that property, and then placed a boulder on top of the body so that they would never be found. Now, legend says that if you drive a specific miles per hour down this road with your lights off, your tires will go flat or your car will shut off inadvertently. Others will tell you of a spectral farmhouse that appears in a field without warning. Now, I've been out there many times. I've never experienced any of those. But what I will tell you is what I told Abby one evening with a friend of mine in the car. We made it down Primrose to the end of the road where it begins to curve off to the right. And as we slowed to take that curve, there was an older gentleman appeared to be dressed in white, sitting at the base of a very large tree. The moon was out and bright, and it did appear that he glowed in a bluish light. It could have been from the moonlight, most definitely. To me, he appeared to be a real, living human being. My friend, now he was fully convinced that that was an apparition. I can tell you this, I never noticed him look towards the car, almost like he was oblivious to it. My friend reached his leg across the center console of my car and jammed his foot on the accelerator. We didn't stick around to find out if he was real or not. Till this day, my friend Kevin will tell you that what we saw that night was not a real man. Now we move across the state line into the Niles, Michigan area and the Witch of Silverbrook Cemetery. For as long as I've known and even in conversation with local old-timers, the legend of a witch being buried inside the gates of Silverbrook had been prevalent. 
interned there in the mid-1800s. It's supposed that she may have been one of the earliest burials there, now home to nearly 17,000 deceased. It's said that her crypt is nearly dead center to the cemetery, and a ghostly wail can be heard from there, throughout the graveyard. Permanently sealed now, due to years of vandalism, the crypt is marked only with her name. I won't reveal the name out of respect for the family. But if you're in the area and interested, a little investigative work will yield you the answer. I will caution you. Be respectful in your investigations. Locals speak of a curse that follows those who provoke the witch. A few miles from that is the Beeson Mansion, built in 1847. The beautiful mansion sits roadside on Bond Street and is still in pristine condition. Originally built by a local whiskey tycoon, it was later sold to Struther Beeson. Directly across the street is a family cemetery. One lone crypt, surrounded by a stone fence. Beeson's son and his new wife Harriet also lived in the mansion. Tragically, Harriet's son, Job, passed away being only one year old in 1870. Job was interned to the family's tomb along with other family members. It's said that Harriet's grief was so overwhelming she would visit Job daily, changing his clothes, bathing him, rocking, and even continuing to try to breastfeed the child. Her husband ran a gas line to the crypt so that there was a light on always burning. The mother believed her son was afraid of the dark. In order to keep prying eyes from witnessing the couple's grief, a tunnel was built from the mansion under the road to the crypt. The visits continued until the decomposition of the child's body was so bad it drove his mother insane. She lived out the rest of her days in a local asylum where she died at the age of 28. Passers-by still report a flickering light in the mausoleum and those who dare to trespass report the sound of a female sobbing throughout the cemetery grounds. Now we move just north of Niles into Sumnerville. This is where Morris Chapel is located. The legend goes that a young woman jilted on what would be her wedding day, hung herself from the bell tower. 
Her screams and wailing are reported throughout the grounds. And lights flickering in the chapel at unusually late hours. Along with that, there are tales of a phantom man walking what appears to be a dog along the chapel road. And then headlights that rush up on you from behind. And then just as quickly as they appear are gone. I have personally experienced the latter on several occasions. The last stop on my local list of hauntings is Munchkinland, the Franklin Church Cemetery has been long known as a place where amateur and seasoned investigators alike are rarely disappointed. Located in Dwajak, Michigan, legend has it, the pastor at the chapel on that property murdered two young girls and buried the bodies in the woods just behind the small cemetery. After some time, Members of the congregation started piecing together clues that led to the pastor's involvement. Fearing he had been found out, the pastor hung himself from the bell tower of the chapel. There were additional children missing in the area. The activity in the cemetery ranges from the eerie sounds of children's giggling, self-illuminated orbs of light, and the almost constant report of childlike apparitions darting between the gravestones. Now I've been to this location on two occasions, and I will attest that I heard what sounded very much like children giggling deep within the woods. It was just barely audible, but it did sound like children's laughter. I hope you've enjoyed my sharing some of the creepy locations I've visited throughout the years. Experiences at these locations have fueled my passions for the paranormal. Now I want to hear from you, wherever you're from, whether you listen to us in the U.S., Canada, Ireland, U.K., or Australia. Surely, there are local stories of haunted locations where you live or have grown up. Just open up the voice recorder app on your smartphone and tell us your homegrown hauntings. Then email them to us at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com and we'll use them in another episode like this. The show now has merch. So if you'd like to support the show while rocking a high-quality black t-shirt with the show's logo up front and center, email us your size and information. We have sizes medium through 2XL. Send us a selfie with you wearing the shirt, and we'll use it in our social media. $25 covers the cost of the shirt and shipping to anywhere in the continental U.S., Hell, I'll even throw in a refrigerator magnet for you. If you're outside the U.S. and you want a shirt, contact me, and I'll get shipping rates for you as well. If 
you haven't yet, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If you would, please, head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, and write a review. It helps out the show tremendously with getting us into the algorithm for search results. Thank you for joining me this evening. If you have an experience or a story you'd like to have featured on an upcoming episode of Uncomfortable, then email me at 